0: Welcome everybody to Dead Talk Live. I'm your host, Viz, and I want to welcome all of our viewers from around the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you are joining us for the first time and want more information about our show, please visit us on the web at debttalklive.com. We simultaneously stream every night to YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. And like I said, thank you so much for being a part of our live viewer, our viewer interactive audience. I hope everyone is doing well. The start to your weekend. Hope everyone had a good week and a nice weekend for all of us to come. Want to welcome, of course, all of our great moderators who are handling all the chats. Marie is on Instagram. We have Saz and Khaleesi covering YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Thank you to you guys. Cece Weezy is with us. Uh, Let's see, Collette is also joining us. Lisa is with us. Lindsay, Lindsay, we've missed you the last couple of days. And I know that's my fault, Lindsay, because the show has been starting, the live show has been starting a little bit late. And I know that's on me, but we are glad to have you back. And I have to admit, Lindsay, uh, I wanted to get this show started back at its regular time schedule because I miss talking to you. I really do. I miss talking to you, Lindsay, and I'm glad to have you back on the show. Uh, I want to welcome Aranza with us from Mexico. Welcome, Aranza. Thank you for joining us tonight. Mohamed is, uh, is with us on Instagram. Sunia is with us on Instagram. Zos is saying hello. Wait is also with us. Leonardi. A lot of people coming in on Instagram. Thank you guys for joining us. So one of the cool perks about doing this job is that you get invitations to uh, screenings. And uh, we'll get to that in a second, uh, you know, and how that works. But before I do that, I do want to announce to everybody that's here right now that Greg Nicotero is going to be coming back here to Dead Talk Live on April first to discuss creep show and that's a significant day april 1st because april 1st is the premiere of season two of creep show on amc so to have greg uh join us on the night that uh season two is premiering is amazing and i'm very happy to have greg this will be his second time with us here on dead talk live He was also with us the day after the premiere of the finale of season 10, B, (laughs) because you got to break up season 10 of The Walking Dead into A, B, and C now, but he was with us after episode 16, The End of the Whisperer War. It was a great panel that we had that night. We had Greg Nicotero, Tom Savini, and of course, Anthony Timpone, the Horror Ambassador, Vangoria's uh, ex-editor-in-chief. It was a great panel. And if you guys missed that episode, go back. It's it's from October 5th. And if you go to our YouTube channel, it's under the Featured uh, Episodes playlist. It's like number one. Uh, It was a great chat. And to have Greg and Anthony and Tony, uh, you know, sorry, Greg, Anthony, and Tom all on the same screen live, was, it was kind of historic because Tom Savini, Greg Nicotero, we know they're legends. Tom Savini is like the master in special effects. So is Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero is the executive producer of The Walking Dead. He's the executive producer of Creepshow. And these two guys are lifelong friends. And I asked him before the show started, is this the first time that you guys are doing a live show together and they said yeah so it's great and for those of you who have not watched that episode of dead talk live uh, i invite you to go back it's number one on our featured episode list and check it out it was a great conversation lindsey writes thanks for the shout out viz miss talking to you too it is great to have you back lindsey uh just looking over the chats. Uh, Colette is also with us on Facebook. Welcome, Colette. C.E. has joined us on Instagram. Everton is also with us on Instagram. So, going back to the uh, screening invitations. Yeah, you know, one of the perks of doing this is that you get screening invitations to upcoming movies, which is really cool. I mean, I'm sorry. It's just really freaking cool. And... Uh, we got an invitation today to a movie that's coming up, and I want to share some of the insights with you. Uh, the movie is called Locked In, okay? And it stars Mina Suvari from American Beauty, Jeff Fahey from Lost, star in this heart-stopping action thriller called Locked In, premiering in select theaters on video on demand and digital, May 7th, from Sabin Films and Paramount. Directed by Carlos V. Gutierrez, Locked In follows a single mother who must protect her daughter and herself during a heist gone wrong at a high-tech storage facility. The film also stars Manny Perez, Costas Mandalore, who you guys, if you've seen the Saw movies, you know who Costas Mandalore is. Bruno Bichur, Jasper Polish. So here's the actual official synopsis of the show. Mina Suvari from American Beauty, Jeff Fahey from Lost. uh, Like I said, star in this uh, heart-stopping thriller where a heist at a high-tech facility goes wrong. After a diamond heist takes a fatal turn, a pair of thieves must entrust their fortune with an accomplice at a high-tech storage facility While they lay low, hiding the goods within the labyrinth of the storage units, the thieves inside uh, man pays the ultimate price when he turns against them. Now hell-bent on recovering the missing stones, they seize the facility and kidnap surviving employee Maggie, who's played by Suvari, threatening her family unless she helps them. Locked in with nowhere to run, Maggie's only chance to escape alive is to fight back and stay one step ahead of her captors in a deadly game of cat and mouse. So there you guys have it. There is a trailer that they sent with us. It's an unlisted trailer. uh, So I'm not going to play it. Uh, I want to respect their privacy. This trailer has not been released to the public yet. So I'm not going to be playing it live here on the air. But it's being released uh, May 5th, May 7th. So keep an eye out for that. And, uh, you know, part of this thing, they offered us the chance to bring in some of the show's stars as guests on our show. I've made some requests. I'm just waiting to hear back from them. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll get some stars from the movie itself. Uh, either before it comes out or very soon after it comes out. So, it's going to be very exciting to watch. Uh, Lisa Grover is with us on Facebook saying, Hey, Viz, long time no see. Absolutely. Training for a new job the past four months. Wow. That's some intense training right there. Missed you all and we missed you too. Khaleesi writes, sounds great uh, The uh, for the movie. And yeah, in honor of Greg Nicotero officially coming back to the show, I did wear my Creepshow shirt tonight, and I'm planning on on wearing this on April 1st, when he's actually here to be interviewed, you know, uh, as long as it gets washed in time, (laughs) as long as it's clean and washed in time, which, you know... uh, april 1st is still a good at least what 12 days away or so so it, it should be good to go it should be good to go the next time you see me wearing this shirt will be with uh, greg on the screen with me want to welcome a7m daniela is also with us on instagram bayel is also joined us on instagram i love the floating love hearts on instagram guys please keep those coming um in Bayel, as I've told everybody else, uh, technically you can't join this live stream because the way I broadcast it, it's a simulcast using special software. And even if you could, I do not allow random people to just join the live stream. So, sorry about that. I do apologize. But that's just how it has to be. Uh, Khaleesi writes up, it's 12 days left in this month. So, let's get on to the next bit of news. It appears that we have a title for American Horror Story Season 10. Now, this is from Bloody Disgusting. American Horror Story Double Feature. I guess that's the title. Season 10 will feature two different horror stories. I did not read this ahead of time. This news was released today. So, as I'm reading this, I am getting the information the same time we all are as promised ryan murphy's officially announced season 10 theme for fx's american horror story tonight and its american horror story double feature that's right we're getting two stories in one season this year one by the sea and one by the sand a short teaser video shared by murphy tonight promises Stay tuned for more info on Double Feature as we learn about it. The pandemic-delayed 10th season of American Horror Story is headed to FX later this year. And if I were to guess, it's going to be probably premiering around October. Because that's when they usually do American Horror Story. It's either... Actually, let me take that back. It's either been like late August, sometimes October... But it's going to be sometime between August and October, would be my best guess. Um, So it's coming to FX later this year. And don't forget, there's a spinoff. A spinoff anthology series called American Horror Stories, plural, is also coming out soon as well. And think of American Horror Stories as what the newly announced uh, Tales of the Walking Dead is going to be. American Horror Story right now, the whole season is one story. American Horror Stories, each individual episode, is going to be a story in of itself. So, very similar to what Tales of the Walking Dead is going to be when that is released uh, after the mother show ends in 2022. So, uh... You know, Macaulay Culkin is in this season coming up of American Horror Story. For those of you that don't know, Macaulay Culkin's uh, claim to fame was from the Home Alone movies when he was just a little kid, going back to the 90s. Wow. It might have been earlier, but I'm pretty sure it was the 90s. So here's a little teaser. I'm going to go ahead and play it and uh, just see what this teaser is about. So let's go ahead and watch it. Come There you guys have it. It's not much. <laughs> Just basically uh, an overhead shot of a beach. So two stories in one season. How do you guys think they're going to do it? Is it going to be first half of the season, one story? Second half of the season, the second story? Nah, that doesn't sound too much fun right there. Uh, is it going to be alternating episodes? Is it going to be intertwined episodes, where we get both stories in every episode? They can go any way they want. And I'm really curious, uh, besides the stories themselves, as the format on how they're going to portray these two separate stories. Now, are they completely separate? Uh, I find that a little hard to believe. I'm sure... By the end, they are going to be related to each other in some way. That would be what my guess would be. But either way, it's exciting stuff. And I'm looking forward to either way they do it. I'm a big American Horror Story fan, and I have been since the beginning. So, and I know a lot of you guys are American Horror Stories fans as well. And I know you guys are also looking forward to it. So, next on the list... The Walking Dead revive, revives Season 5's zombie trick. I read this headline and I'm like, what is this about? The Walking Dead's characters are veteran zombie survivors at this point, and they recently brought back an old distraction trick from Season 5. Do you guys know what they're talking about? The Walking Dead characters are veteran survivors, and they're... Okay, I hate when they do that. The Walking Dead is halfway through airing its final six standalone episodes of Season 10, and the series as a whole will conclude in 2022 after a supersized Season 11. With that in mind, many, many characters have come and gone over the years, and the cast today is nearly bereft of the original Season 1 gang that tentatively forged a traveling group with Rick Grimes. To survive in the zombie apocalypse, though, one needs to pick up things quick, as one false step can lead to becoming Walker Chow. (laughs) There are various strategies available to be employed against the undead, including the classic and inexplicably underused zombie guts method. In which the living cover themselves in rancid zombie remains in order to blend in with the shambling hordes and travel safely. It's gross, but it's almost always get the job done with little to no casualties, unless it starts raining, as we saw in season one. Season five, uh, episode try, introduced another clever way of getting around a zombie threat without directly engaging them in combat which is usually better than a straight-on assault as it's easy to become surrounded and get bitten it's been MIA since season five that was until a character employed it again in season 10 episode one more and that's the episode that we got last week and just a reminder for everyone out there who has AMC+, Plus, episode 20 is available for you guys to watch on AMC+, Plus as of right now. Uh, in The Walking Dead, season 5, episode 3, Carl has followed Enid out into the woods, thinking he is being sneaky, but not doing a great job of it. After he's discovered, the pair then spot a walker, and instead of engaging it, Enid takes a timer out of her pack and tosses it. The, th- the sound then draws zombie attention, and the two humans get away. That is, I totally forgot that Enid was the one that actually did that. While Daryl did a similar trick with an alarm clock in Season 9, Enid's exact timer method has not been used on screen since Season Five. and we have seen various ways of distracting the walkers on The Walking Dead. Daryl, when he used the firecrackers, remember when they were when the night they found out about the Whisperers, and they're trying to figure out why the zombies are acting so strange. Of course, uh, Daryl pulls out uh, a pack of firecrackers, lights them to get the the what the herd off to a different direction, but. They somehow turn around. That's what we know now. It's because of the Whisperers that were uh, professionals at that point on how to guide a horde like that. That changed in The Walking Dead Season 10's One More, which sees Father Gabriel and Aaron head out to search for supplies that they can bring back to Alexandria. At one point, they spot a lone zombie. But assuming there are more nearby... Gabriel sets a timer on the ground, and when it goes off, a whole host of zombies stand up and reveal themselves from inside a patch of tall grass. And another thing to note that we got in last week's episode that we really have not gotten a lot of since the earlier seasons is walkers that are sleeping, for lack of a better term. Sleepwalkers. That's a stupid pun, and I apologize for it, but I couldn't resist. Sleeping walkers, or hibernating walkers, whichever term you want to use. And that was, there was that one that we saw last week who has been leaning up against that lamppost a little too long to where his skin started to grow around the lamppost and when he heard aaron and gabriel it was a pretty awesome scene as he tried to the walker tried to get up and you see his entire back skin detaching from his body i mean it's gross as hell but it was awesome uh gabriel and aaron were about to trek through that grass and had they not lured the zombies upward they almost certainly would have been attacked from below and been in no position to defend themselves. Uh, Thanks, Enid. May she rest in peace. And it's a smart move. I mean, when I was watching that, and we see that one walker stick his head up from the tall grass, my first thought was, don't go in there. That's some tall-ass grass right there, and there's probably at least a dozen more taking a, a zombie nap in the middle of the afternoon. But these guys are veterans. They're pros at it now, and they knew exactly what they were doing. So, there you guys have it. So, let me see what's going on in the chat. Colette writes, It was like a minefield. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, Philip is with us on Facebook. Welcome, Philip. Philip says, This whole week is season seven, all episodes. I'm assuming that's on AMC uh lindsey writes it was nasty but awesome scene landa is with us welcome back landa mccabe on facebook hello how are you doing yorkwin has just joined us on instagram Bellarney 10 is also with us on instagram as well welcome to all our instagram viewers so moving on uh this has been getting a lot of headlines over the last 48 hours I was initially going to ignore it, but it's just getting a lot of headlines, so I'm like, screw it. Let's read it. Animal Crossing horror movie gets the green light. Don't peek. A short film about a monster inside a switch will be turned into a feature film. A short movie about a monster trapped inside Animal Crossing New Horizons is about to be made into a feature-length motion picture. Don't Peek is a short film unaffiliated with Nintendo which was shot during quarantine by director Julian Terry and focuses on a woman playing her Switch in bed at night. As she's playing Animal Crossing, she realizes that performing actions in her character's bedroom, like opening drawers and turning on lights, makes the same actions happen in her actual room so it's like a modern day smart room (laughs) at first she's impressed by this but then she sees a figure with a grotesque face standing in an open doorway in the game the creature called zozo uh oh zozo for those of you that don't know zozo is a uh famous demon uh I don't like to use the word famous, but well-known demon. Both throughout motion pictures, television, as well as in real life. If any of you guys out there watch any kind of ghost hunting shows, you will have come across the name Zozo. So, the creature called Zozo asks her, Will you let me out? She chooses no, and the invisible force opens her bedroom door... And appears to crawl under her bed sheets. That would creep me out. Uh startled, she then chooses yeah. Why would you choose yes? Okay. Obviously it asks you to come in. You say no. Well, you see it coming in anyway. So you know what? Yeah, you know what? Let me just give it an invitation. And the creature appears to go away only to startle her with a jump scare at the end of the short. According to deadline, the short is to be adapted into a feature-length film by Timur I'm gonna screw this name up, Bekmabetov, who previously produced uh, the Unfriended horror movie and directed Night Watch and Daywatch. I loved Unfriended. Although the article doesn't state who will be directing the film, Terry posted a comment under the video on YouTube stating that he would be in the director's chair. When asked for, by another comment whether he was worried about being sued by Nintendo, Terry explained that the feature-length movie would not directly reference Animal Crossing but would instead cover gaming more broadly. It's not an it's not an Animal Crossing feature. We know we can't legally get away with that," he said. "The story is actually something else entirely, and taps into the nostalgia of video games. I can't wait for all of you to see it." Terry has announced another short film currently being made into a full-length movie. Amblin Entertainment was picked up, uh, has picked up Whisper a short film about a woman whose Amazon Echo starts picking up commands from a demon in her bedroom. And I love how horror movies moving forward are actually using technology that is available to us in real life and finding a way to freak us out about it. You know? I was, uh, I was interested at one point of uh, trying the Amazon echo thing but my wife had a point you know it's like how do you know who's listening i mean it's a little paranoia but i'm like you know what you know that's fine i don't really need it but anyway it's about an amazon echo that starts picking up commands from a demon inside her bedroom this too ends with a jump scare in bed as does terry's annabelle themed short the nurse While it's not clear yet what the feature-length version of Don't Peek will be about, then we have a good idea how we think it might end. Video game adaptations have become a hot item in the movie and television world in recent years, following the recent wave of successful video game movies, including Sonic the Hedgehog, Detective Pikachu, More projects are in development, including Uncharted, starring Tom Holland, Mortal Kombat, and DreamWorks' Super Mario movie. Didn't they already do a Super Mario movie? Sony is reportedly developing three movies and seven TV shows based on PlayStation games as part of its new PlayStation Productions business. The first TV series from PlayStation Productions will be an HBO adaptation of The Land of Us, with Game of Thrones actor Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey cast in the lead roles. The second is an action comedy based on the Twisted Metal series from Deadpool's writers. And, according to a recent report in film press, Star Wars and Dune actor Oscar Isaac will play Solid Snake in the planned Metal Gear Solid movie. So for all you gamers out there, it looks like there's a huge wave of movies coming out inspired by video games. Now, I think I saw a trailer here for for the short. Now, this is not for the feature film that just got greenlit. I don't even think they started filming yet. This is for the short. So I have not watched this. So let's take a look at this. I was expecting a younger girl. I hope this is not one of those videos that you guys get to see me in a jump scare live on TV. This is when you get up and leave. Definitely get up and leave. My ass would so be out of there. She's laughing. she gets concerned. Many of you guys would still be in that room. I mean, seriously. <sighs> <sighs> At like I'm, I'm throwing that game out the window. <laughs> No, 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 no,
1: no,
0: no. So at this point, screw the door. I'd be going out the window. This is where she's going to say yes. She's going to say yes. door. Yes, I know I jumped. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty kick-ass. That was, uh, that was pretty cool. It's not the first time you guys have seen me react to a jump scare. Uh, I, and what sucks is you know the jump scare is coming, and you're preparing yourself, but they still get you. And if you notice, throughout that whole short, not a single word was spoken. But it was scary and good. Uh, I'm really looking forward to them turning that into a full feature film. That's right up my alley of the kind of movies I love to watch. (laughs) Linda is like, kill me. Lindsay Lindsay writes, I jump too. Uh, Anila is with us on YouTube writing, why doesn't room have lights, but she just bedside lamp. Yeah, yeah. Alright, so you guys got to see me jump on a jump scare. So, I can say now that that wasn't the first time, and it probably will not be the last time you guys see that. But that was a pretty cool short, and I'm really excited to see how they're going to broaden that into a full feature film. So anyway, eight horror movies where the killer was meant to be somebody else. Friday the Thirteenth, Scream, Halloween, and other horror movies intended to have different villains. All right, let's see what this is about. And this is one of those stories where they're gonna. Oh, this is a video. Uh, well, let's see. Let's see what this video is.
1: Throughout the decades, many a horror movie script has started off with one endgame in mind, only to then shake things up massively by the time the flick finally makes it to the silver screen. This happens a surprising amount with slasher movies, where who the killer is can change even after. This the is from our friends at What shot. Culture. So I'm Josh from What Culture Horror, and these are eight horror movies where the killer was meant to be someone else. Number eight: Scream Free Stew. Not only did Wes Craven's 1996 offering completely reinvent the slasher subgenre, but it also caught many a horror hound off guard with its reveal of two killers being behind the ghost face persona. But for Stu, Scream wasn't meant to be the last that we saw of the character. While the final side of Stu was of him having a TV dropped on his head at Scream's close, we technically actually never had any confirmation of his death, and that's because as detailed by Lilith several times in the recent years, there was a plan in place for his character to be orchestrating the atrocities at play in Scream 3. Scream 3 was originally to feature a slew of high school murders, with Stu being revealed as the mastermind behind them. However, once awesome. the very real, very tragic events of the shootings at Columbine happened in April 1999, the third Scream picture was rewritten, and part of those rewrites saw Stu removed from the film. Instead then, the threequel revolved around Hollywood, and the revelation that Sidney Prescott had a half-brother who her mother had abandoned as soon as he was born. Number 7, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning, Tommy Jarvis. The intended killer of Friday the 13th, A New Beginning was originally to be Tommy Jarvis, picking up with how things left off in Friday the 13th, the final chapter.
0: Now, Tommy Jarvis, uh, who we see again in the movie after The New Beginning, Friday the 13th, part 6, is played by Tom Matthews. Tom Matthews, who played Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th Part 6, is going to be our guest this coming Monday. So just a little bit of info.
1: In the final chapter, the ending of the movie saw Corey Feldman's young Tommy mutilate himself to look like Jason Voorhees, before then brutally stabbing the hulking Voorhees over and over again. By the time A New Beginning was released a year later, that film teased whether the quickly amassing murders of the picture were down to Jason, or indeed down to the clearly troubled Tommy. Ultimately, the deaths were attributed to neither Voorhees nor Jarvis, and instead, paramedic Roy Burns was the culprit, serving as a Jason copycat to avenge the opening act death of his own son. However, director Danny Steinman was reportedly instructed to do two things during A New Beginning, one being having a kill every 8 minutes and the other being to turn Tommy Jarvis into the new Jason Voorhees. Even the ending of A New Beginning was planned to be taken as Tommy embracing his dark side, however this was played as a dream sequence when a hockey mask adorned Jarvis attacked Pam. By the time of the following year's Friday the 13th Part 6 Jason Lives, Voorhees was well and truly back in clinical action. Number 6 April Fool's Day Rob Ferris 1986's April, April Fool's Day. Day is a rather unique beast in that it's a slasher movie where zero characters actually die. Of course, for the majority of the film's 89 months, of time, the audience this. is under the belief that a slew of disposable teens have been offed in various blood-soaked ways. That is, until the final act pulls the rug out from under our watching eyes, explaining how the death scene were all part of a test run for a mansion-set staged horror getaway from host Muffy. In the original script for April Fool's Day, and a scene that was shot but never used, there was one death album, with that being carried out by Rob Ferris. The original idea was for the film to play out as it eventually did, just with a handful of the characters pulling one final prank on Muffy. In this version, things go a bit tits up when Skip loses himself in a rage and attempts to kill Muffy, and from there, Rob ends up killing Skip in order to stop his nuts behaviour. So while Rob wasn't meant to be the killer in the traditional horror movie sense, he was intended to be the only character. To actually get his hands dirty with a real murder. Number five. I've never Happy heard Death of that. Collette says,
0: "Watch." While she would ultimately end up being revealed as one of the daughter. killers behind
1: the chaos of Happy Death Day 2 You, the character of Stephanie Butler originally had a pivotal part to play in that 2019 sequel's predecessor. In the original movie, hero Tree ends up in a slice and dice version of Groundhog Day, being killed by a mass killer, waking up to live the same day again, only to be murdered once more. Tree eventually pieces together that it's her roommate Laurie who is pulling the strings behind all of this. For the planned ending of Happy Death Day though, Tree killing Laurie was only the tip of the iceberg. Due to the cumulative injuries picked up throughout her lather rinse repeat terrors, Tree was taken to the hospital in the original close of the picture. There, the nurse looking after her would be Stephanie Butler, the husband of the man who both Tree and Laurie had been having affairs with. And then Tree's character would be killed yet again, plummeting her into another time loop scenario. However, test audiences absolutely hated this ending and thus Stephanie's involvement in the final act was removed. Number 4, I Am Legend, Robert Neville. In this post-apocalyptic world gone to the dogs, Smith's Robert Neville is a virus immune doctor on a mission to develop a cure for the horrors and mutations that have engulfed the globe. As the film opens, Neville is the sole human survivor in New York City, and the narrative of the picture unfolds with him every bit the all-conquering hero who ends up making the ultimate sacrifice, as in his own life for the greater good and for the hopeful regeneration of mankind. The thing is though, the original intended ending actually saw the tables turned, with Robert. Neville as the unknowing villain of the entire piece. Pulling more directly from Matheson's novel, the original ending for I Am Legend saw the vampiric monsters of the film having retained their human emotions. Mm-hmm. After the leader of I the mutants really orders the them to back away from Neville, he apologizes upon realizing that he's fought and tortured so many of these creatures throughout the movie. That ending, of course, was changed by the studio, with Smith's character instead blowing himself and these monsters to smithereens after making sure that another character has the cure in her possession. Number 3, Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, Jamie Lloyd. Halloween 4 The Return of Michael Myers ended with the jaw-dropping shot of Jamie Lloyd in a young Michael-esque clown costume, bloody knife in hand Great and Andy. having just attacked her foster mother, all the while Sam Loomis screams in dismayed I love that that. Logistically, many presume that this was Jamie's official embracing of the dark side, with her to follow in her uncle's twisted footsteps. And for a spell, that was indeed to be the plan for Halloween 5 The Revenge of Michael Myers. Of course, what revenge gave us was a mute Jamie who was once again trying to evade the shape while a crazed Loomis rambled on. Originally though, Lloyd, who at that point was the canon daughter of Laurie Strode, was indeed set to be either A, the main villain of Halloween 5, or B, at least a sinister sidekick to Uncle Michael. Franchise icon Donald Pleasance pushed hard for an all-evil Jamie Lloyd in The Revenge of Michael Myers, and a first draft script from Shem Bitterman included this element as well. Sadly, producers ultimately opted against taking this approach, with the director then offering up the concept of Jamie being mute but capable of having visions. Number two, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, the director. This silent horror picture is as influential a piece of film as you'll find, and to this day, the themes, visual and grand meaning of the movie are a hot topic of debate, and a part of that is down to the twist ending that closes out the horror project. On the surface, this picture sees Francis investigating a slew of murders that he believes are being ordered by the titular Dr. Caligari. The head of a travelling fair, the belief is that Dr. Caligari is getting a somnambulist called Cesare to unwillingly carry out murders. For him. After Francis learns that Caligari is actually a director at an insane asylum, he leads the police to that locale as the villain of the piece is placed in a straitjacket. However, this is then all revealed to be a ruse, as the entire tale is a figment of Francis's imagination, wow, with our protagonist actually being a delusional inmate of this asylum who had dreamt up this narrative to position himself as a hero. Originally though, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari didn't have that twist ending at all, and instead the director character had indeed been responsible for orchestrating these killings the whole time. Number 1, Scream 2, the trio of killers. When Scream 2 made its way to cinema screens, the film delivered Timothy Olyphant's Mickey and Laurie Metcalf's Mrs. Loomis as the two people responsible for the blood spilt during the picture. However, originally there was actually intended to be three killers. Those killers would have been Mrs. Loomis, Sydney's boyfriend Derek, and Sid's BFF Hallie. When this version of the tale was put together, Derek was more film obsessed, a la Mickey, and Hallie was the one sang to in the cafeteria, a spot that eventually had Derek singing to Sydney. At the close of the picture, Mrs. Loomis would turn on her two associates, shooting and killing them both. There, Cotton Weary would then step out the shadows to kill Mrs. Lewis, before also deciding to kill both Gail Weathers and Sidney Prescott. That of course would have changed things dramatically, but as a little extra for you guys, Scream 4 is also another entry in this franchise that could have turned out markedly different, with Nico Tortorella's Trevor and Adam Brody's Deputy Horse both lined up as Ghostface in early drafts. So that's our list, once you guys think down in the comments below, what do you think think uh, that about was actually, first you know, of-
0: Interesting. Uh, I like that Halloween alternate ending. Halloween 4 is a movie we haven't really talked about that much, but the return of Michael Myers... You gotta remember, Halloween 4 is the next movie after Halloween 2 that we get to see Michael Myers again. And you know, a lot of years have passed. Michael Myers survived the fire at the end of Halloween 2. He's been being held at uh at the very depths of the basement of a mental asylum. Uh, his face is covered up because he was in the fire. He escapes, he finds out that uh, Jamie Lloyd, uh, sorry, Laurie Strode had a daughter while he was locked up. He doesn't know about it until he's being transported to another hospital. And of course he breaks free, kills the paramedics, and he goes after his niece. And at the end of the movie, uh, Jamie, uh, having survived the trauma of having to deal with Michael, attacks her stepmother in a very like similar fashion to how Michael killed his sister in the very first movie. I love that ending and um, the way they just described it, of how Halloween Five, you know, was they were playing around with the idea of making Jamie be the killer. I really I really think that would have been awesome. I really do. I really do. Uh, Lindsay writes, that was a good list. Didn't agree with everything, but a good list. Zozens on uh, Instagram writes, insane. Mary61Mom is with us. Hey, Mary, it's good to have you back on the show. We missed you as well. Uh, Maya 143 on Instagram writes, that's crazy. Little Mantas is uh, waving at us on Instagram. Welcome to all you guys. So, of course, time is not on our side again tonight. Uh, Just some side stories here, but we can do away with that. So, the topic for tonight and the time we have left is basically clergy and how horror movies have portrayed clergy. Uh, priests, rabbis, rabbis doesn't matter. Every any kind of clergy, whether they're good or bad, uh, usually they always end up being in the sinister side. Uh, I found a uh, a video that has their list. I was not intending this episode for to me to be showing so many video clips. Besides this one that I'm about to play right now. But I think they were all worth it and entertaining at the end of the day. So let's go ahead and check out this video. This is from our friends on YouTube, CTV. And it's like the topic states, clergy in horror.
1: We hope you will enjoy the following ranking. Please let us know your favorite in the comments. And make sure to subscribe to never miss a good movie again. Number five. I have decided to keep a journal, to set down all my thoughts and the simple events of my day. I will keep this diary for one year, and at the end of that time, it will be destroyed. I encouraged my son to enlist. It was a family tradition. Six months later, he was dead in Iraq. I was lost. My sins,
0: the reading of the Lord. Praise be God. you oh i'm fine no really it's been a while since we've talked even a pastor needs a pastor
1: did you see the doctor you need someone to take care of you i want you to be happy i know that nothing can change and i know there is no hope reverend toler yes mary Pluses. She was becoming someone I didn't know. Opportunistic diseases, anarchy, martial law. You will live to see this.
0: She had no idea what he was thinking of.
1: No. I'm so frightened.
0: These kids, they want certainty. You know, don't think, follow. They fall prey to extremism. It's a world without hope. No, I have not lost my faith. What we did together he was, was a, sin. a sin. He's a sin. Of you didn't tell a police,
1: right?
0: Take a look at your own life before you criticize others. These are frightening We have to be patient. Well, somebody has to do something. Are you? Are you I'm gonna forward them. have that much time, and see what the other ones are. Concerned. Merrill Street. Madison, Saint Doubt. St. Louis 2008. Let's see what's next on the list. Ah, Philip Seymour Hoffman, such a great actor. Just scanning through this list. School kids don't like him. Viola Davis. One man is good to him, this priest. You just don't like him. You want me to convince you of something terrible? The Two Popes, two thousand and nineteen.
1: Whenever I try
0: to be myself, people don't seem to like me very much. It's great Anthony Hopkins.
1: Confidential church documents were allegedly leaked to the press.
0: Alleging corruption
1: and misconduct among the clergy. I hope this business is not too distressing. Does a shepherd run away with the wolves appear?
0: We are moving in directions I can no longer I've struggled to do what must be done,
1: but I've lost. Hopes can't resign. If you do this, you will damage the papacy forever. I can no longer... There's another great movie where Anthony Hopkins
0: portrays a priest, uh, and right now the title's escaping me, uh, where he's an exorcist, again in Italy, uh, and uh, he takes on a student, because the the Vatican gives out classes on how to determine uh, if someone is possessed, how to perform an exorcism, Politician. And that is a great movie. And for the it's life of me, do you guys remember the title of the movie done. that I'm talking it's about? Needs to be He's satisfied. a priest it's that 1. does 1. dozens and billion hundreds billion of exorcists. And at the end, he ends up getting right uh, possessed just needs by a you demon. And never a fabulous movie. The grand doors have slammed oh, shut oh, and, oh, and oh, will remain oh, so till the
1: next pope has been chosen. From that balcony up there.
0: Alright, let me just keep going. But, I mean, just not enough Somewhere work between to say about science Hopkins is and amazing. superstition. Oh, there, there you go. You guys mentioned it The Exorcist. The World of Darkness. Colette doesn't remember the title either, but saw it. Uh, nobody expected it. It. Consider extending
1: Nobody believed it. No. And nothing
0: no. could stop it. I mean, what can you say about the experts? There are it's, no it's, experts. It's a
1: classic. You probably know as much about possession as most priests.
0: Look, your daughter doesn't say she's a demon, she says she's the devil
1: himself. I'm telling you that that thing upstairs isn't my daughter. Now I want you to tell me that you know for a fact that there's nothing wrong with my daughter except in her mind You tell me you know for a fact that an exorcism wouldn't do any good. You tell me that Please, no. Father, Please, no. No.
0: The one hope the only hope Father Merrin. the exorcist All right. Let's see what's number one. Spotlight 2015. Do you think your paper has the resources to take that on? I do. Do you? The Boston priests molested kids in six different parishes over the last thirty years. The church found out about it and did nothing. We haven't committed any
1: long-term investigative resources to the case. No, we haven't. And that's the kind of thing your team was
0: doing. Spotlight. Guys, listen. Everybody's going to be interested in this. Obviously, the church will fight us very hard. Trying to get some background information. I don't want you recording this in any way, shape, or form. Nothing. We understand you've settled several cases against the church. I can't discuss that. There aren't any records of any of these settlements. No,
1: no. When you're a poor kid from a poor family, and when a priest pays attention to you, it's a big deal. Should. How do you say no to God? Spotlight.
0: Just the tip line. You think he's got something? I want to keep So We need to focus on the institution. Major uh, events of the uh, scandal involving the Catholic Church, and when it was exposed. So that's our list of the, uh, you know, quote unquote, some of the most notable horror movies. And it's really bugging me that I cannot remember the name of the movie with Anthony Hopkins uh, playing the Exorcist. It's really bugging me. I'm going to have to look it up after the show because we don't have enough time for me to look it up today, right now. But it's a great, great movie. It's scary, and it takes all the previous notions on how we've seen exorcisms performed on the screen, and it sort of really deviates from them on how, you know, in the movies, an exorcist usually happens. It starts and ends Uh, But this movie takes on a realistic approach how exorcisms can last for days, weeks, or months, and it's a constant battle. And by the end of the movie, Anthony Hopkins, who has been doing exorcisms for the majority of his life, falls victim to a demon himself. And it is up to his student, who he has been teaching, to... Uh, perform an exorcism on him it's a brilliant movie it's scary and like i said for the life of me i cannot remember the title but you can find it simply just look up uh, anthony hopkins on imdb i know his list of movies is quite long but if you look down the list you should be able to pick it out anyway guys we are out of time for tonight i want to say hello to tio on instagram who is waving at us. Uh, Also, Lore is also with us, Lore16. Nikki writes, The floating scene of Ethan Hawke in the first reform is astonishing. I agree. Thank you, guys. Uh, Khaleesi writes, Father Lucas, you guys are awesome as always. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Please tune in Monday with our special guest, Tom Matthews, who played Tommy Jarvis in Friday the 13th, but is more well-known for his uh, starring role in Return of the Living Dead, that brilliant movie, Return of the Living Dead. He'll be our guest right here on Dead Talk Live on Monday. Visit our website at deadtalklive.com. Have a safe weekend, and until Monday, guys, stay walking.